are you? Are you sure about that? You seem confused. And you're Jake. Yes. And uh, we were. <laughs> Should we introduce each other now? Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. Okay. And uh, you guys probably really, really missed us. I'm sure. We'd like to think so. We'd at like least. to think that you missed us. I got a couple messages like, hey, "Where's the podcast? Did you actually? Yeah, yeah, I did. Well, so, that's good. Um, so we were we were at Road America last weekend. Right, for the Vintage Racing For the Vintage Race Weekend, which we'll be recapping on Monday's episode. Right. So you'll just have to wait. I was going to say, we're making you wait even longer. We won't, because we're going to record that right after this. (laughs) But you guys are going to have to wait till till next week. So uh, we hope you didn't miss us too much, but we're here for you. Yes. And uh, this week, we've got a history episode um, coming up. We do indeed. And also on Monday, we've got a surprise for you guys. We've got a surprise thing that we're going to do. And oh, yes, we do. Okay. Yeah, we I was like, am I going to be surprised by this? Too? No, you're not. But we've got a surprise for you guys. So listen in on, on Monday for that. Yeah, that's going to be exciting. This is great. I get to like, this is like, we're like I always say, we're time traveling. <laughs> exactly. We get to do the surprise like in an hour, but they have to wait till Monday yeah. to get the It's like we're in the five. future. It's, we live in the future. Um, so yeah, we've, uh, we were gone and we're back now. And it, it, honestly, it felt weird to come back into the studio because I feel like I haven't been here forever. Yeah, because we haven't been here for over a week, I think, right? Well, yeah, well, it's probably just a feeling different for you because I come in here and work. Right. Like during the week, but I didn't, obviously, I haven't been here in like a week, so. Gotcha. Yeah, because you left on Thursday, I came out on Friday. Right. And I had some mishaps and adventures, <laughs> I guess we'll just tease. Yeah. It was, a, it was a road trip in the sense that I think we even said in the road trip episode that part of a road trip needs to be overcoming obstacles yes you know otherwise I mean? you haven't earned anything right and yeah. and i had a couple obstacles that i overcame <laughs> hopefully they weren't say. in the road no good point yeah although so. yeah i did come across uh do you know what those are called when a tire retread comes off yeah it's called like a gatorback or something gators yeah, yeah gator back. yeah i did have to swerve and avoid a couple of gators. i actually um i had one of those fall off in front of me when i was driving the 911 and okay. it got flipped up by the car that was driving in front of me so the truck ahead of him blew his tire right the car in front of me drove over it and it slammed into the front of my 911 and oh. and just destroyed my fiberglass front bumper and the rear bumper on this car on, the, on my 911 yeah so it, i didn't it, know that it cracked it and like ripped part of it off and then it destroyed the rear bumper because it came up sure and like hooked it and like ripped it apart so I actually have a brand new rear bumper, and then they repaired the the front bumper. Okay. But here's a tip for all you guys out there that have run over something in the road. Yeah. Is I said, I ran over this thing in the road, and the lady goes, did you run it over, or did it get thrown at you by the car in front of you? Did it get thrown at your <laughs> car by the car in front of you? Because if it does, that means it's... Not your fault. Yeah. But if you run it over and it's just laying there, that you're your not fault. paying attention. It's your fault. So if you ever run over anything in the road, it fell off a truck. So the way you frame the story, that is actually how it happened. That is actually how it happened. Or yes. are you just telling us that way so your insurance company doesn't find out? <laughs> You'll never know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good tip for everybody. Yeah. So, like, I think it fell under my, I think it went under my comprehensive because it got wigged out from the, you know. Here's a gold, gold the insurance podcast. Is this where I do like a disclaimer? Like this is not advice. This is do not do not take advice. This is just we're just talking. Yeah, like I it's like some financials. Like there you go. We're not sure. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Anyway, so we've got a we've got a history episode for you today. I hope you guys are liking these. Um, I kind of watched the the charts on them, and they seem to be doing pretty well. And I've gotten great feedback from these. Good. So, yeah. Uh, I I have a lot of fun preparing them. As yeah. Well. Everybody thinks so, you're doing a great job. So good. 
What have you got for us this week? So um, I there's no big reveal on this one like I've done in the past. So I'm just going to tell you because I made up a name for it that I really like. Yes. And I was teasing Chris about this week. Yeah, you were texting me the Swedish switch. And you just, I, I don't remember how it came up, but you're like. You were like, you said, are you going to have a history story prepared for this week? Yeah. And you or said. something that I, no, you said, what are we doing Wednesday? And you said the Swedish switch. I'm like, right. what? And you just kept repeating yourself over and over the again. It was driving me Swedish insane. Switch. I just I was furious in my head about it, but um, <laughs> it not should not have been. But I was. I was like, "What does that mean? I See? don't know what you're saying." Yeah, you want to know? I want to know. So let's okay. uh, let's go. So, let's get to it. Tell me about the Swedish switch. Yeah. So I prepared this as a dramatic. We'll call it intro. Okay. okay. Well, we've never known you to 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 be dramatic. Yeah, that's never happened before. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on the third of September. 1967, at precisely 5 a.m., all broadcast stations in Sweden aired a simultaneous countdown. Is this like a War of the Worlds type of thing? It it might be. Okay, all right. So this countdown served to synchronize the entire country for the start of the biggest, most expensive traffic conversion, conversion project in European history. Okay. The day was officially known as H Day, which was short for Hoger Trafikomalagenningenreg. With That's a, short for sure. With, <laughs> with like a lot of weirdly spaced umlauts and everything else there because it's I would Swedish. have shortened that to H day too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a mouthful. So what is this? Well, you see, Swedish car manufacturers that we know of like Volvo and Saab, they exported the majority of their cars because, yep. of course, the European market as a whole is much bigger than Sweden as a country. Right. So it made sense for them that all their cars should be right-hand drive because the majority of the countries in Europe are, they drive on the right. Right-hand drive. You mean left-hand drive? Or I mean you left-hand mean, oh, you drive. Mean, you yes. Mean, I do mean left, and I wrote right because they're on the right side of the road. Road. Okay. Yes. So left-hand, left-hand drive. drive on the right side of the road. Like normal people do. Right. Right. There was only one problem with that. Sweden itself had always driven on the left side of the road. Okay. So, yes, this is going to get confusing (laughs) left and right. So, and I I was curious why this was. While the rest of Europe standardized driving on the right, of course, Sweden, like Britain, Ireland, Iceland, and a couple others, they clung stubbornly to the left, an arbitrary attitude that dated back to the 18th century royal decree for mail coaches. For ma- just they made it easier for the post guy. Basically, well, that's stupid. Why don't they just? I, it irritates me that they never <laughs> adapted. Why didn't they? Like the entire world drives on the normal side of the road, right? And then you've got like what Japan and England and a few of its you know satellite. What are they called? Colonies, I guess. Yeah. Why do they do it? Why don't they just? <laughs> switch well that's what the swedish (laughs) switch is about chris all right let's have it so you have a country full of cars with the steering wheel on the left and you're driving on the left side of the road quote you would be sitting on the opposite side of what made sense and you were looking down at the ditch says lars lars magnuson a professor at Uppsala university in sweden okay we'll hear from him again So this was found was a factor in rising number of fatal road traffic accidents, which actually doubled road traffic accidents. I just want to to interrupt a second. I had had to Google why England drives on that side of the road and why they do it and where it came from. Do you have something for us? Yeah. It says, in the past, almost everybody traveled on the left side of the road because that was the most sensible option for feudal, violent societies. Since most people are right-handed, swordsmen oh. preferred to keep to the left in order to have their right arm near to an opponent, opponent and their scabbard further from him. No kidding. Yeah, so you could grab your sword and stab people easier. Right, that makes sense. Yeah. 
doesn't really make sense anymore. No, it really doesn't. (laughs) So, yeah. So think about this, because you actually had a right-hand drive E30 for a while. I did. I didn't keep a sword in the passenger seat. No, but this (laughs) this um, this scenario might be familiar to you. Okay. So traffic accidents um, were basically doubled from 1950 to 1960 with everyone driving on the left in a left hand drive car okay so they were driving like i was essentially yes exactly but but your car is wrong for the side of the road you're driving on yes so a this was a big issue when you uh went into different countries that it bordered such as sweden denmark norway finland so can you imagine coming to a border right and they're all driving on the right side but you're driving on the left and so um, I just had this I, picture in my head. Like, what are the intersections like? To the other side of the road amidst other traffic. And I'm sure they had like a bit more organization to it for like major roadways. I wonder if there's but just, just like an, about an X-shaped road where it just shifted over. Cross, they, just crosses over. over. Yeah. yeah. Either that or it's just absolute chaos. chaos. Well, yeah. it had to be for like country roads and stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? They're not going to have these advanced like crossovers And everywhere. I'm sure like all the borders aren't necessarily marked. So let's say you're just driving like <laughs> with no, your little basket when do you full of switch? eggs. Like, yeah, when do you switch over? Do you just like not switch over? And there's oncoming headlights, and you're like, "Where am I? Am I at home? Is that guy on the wrong side of the road? Am I on the wrong side of the road? You know, which is it? I know. So obviously, this is a problem. And another thing they mentioned was how tricky it was to pass slower traffic. So think about it. You basically have to move your entire car into the oncoming lane to see if there's a car coming. Right. Yeah, because you can't see. So this is what I was thinking about with your E30. If you've ever tried to pass someone. I the thing was too slow to pass anybody. <laughs> it was it was it was really slow. My problem with that car was was turning right or left. Okay, the, like, but I think it's only because I was used to where I was actually usually on the left side of the car. So when you would turn right, right you the apex in your head is all wrong. So you end up being like really close to the curb, strangely or really far sure. away. Or, you know, it's just because you're used to where you are positioned in a car. That's what you're used to. And like you're driving, let's say you're driving on, you know, you're on the right side over there. Let's say you get a phone call from somebody or whatever. And and you're like your subconscious kind of takes over driving. Oh, you'll start to drift. You drift. (laughs) You find all of a sudden you'll hang up the phone or you'll come back from daydreaming or whatever. And you'll be driving down the middle, the legitimate middle (laughs) of the road because your body and your brain is so used to being on the, on, in that position, in that of the position on the left side of that lane, sure. that's where you are. So your body's there. The car is half over the dotted line. Not good. <laughs> yeah, not good. So, yeah, you have some experience. This wasn't a good thing for the Swedes. So the mission of this Herger Traffic Gamalaga Naga Naga Nagaman. <laughs> Did you practice this at all? Can you actually give? I want you to. I want to give it the best college try you have to pronounce this okay, correctly. Okay, so, so let's do this. And I did take uh, German in, in high school and college, so well, what I know some of it because like pronunciation and umlauts and stuff are still in there. Okay, so like an O with an umlaut is an I instead of an O or whatever. All so, right, anyways, let's have it's, it. it's Herger Trafikam Legenengen. Okay, let's just go with the H plan or whatever it was. Right. So, well, anyways, this word actually means right-hand traffic diversion. Okay. So the whole mission was to put Sweden on the same road, so to speak, as the rest of its continental European neighbors. So they can all drive on the right side of the road. Right. And interestingly enough, this change was wildly unpopular at the time. In a 1955 referendum, 83% voted to keep driving on the left. Why do you think that was? Do you think they 
Do you think, well, let me, I'll say what I think it was. I bet they were like, we're different. We want to hold on to this. This is our way of doing things, you know, versus I, everyone else. Like, it's like this sort of like independence right. from, from the surrounding countries. That, and I mean, to make it more basic, people just don't like change. No, they don't. And this is like a big change. Right. So, nevertheless, the Swedish par- parliament approved the prime minister's proposal as the number of cars on the road tripled from 500 to 1.5 million, and it was expected to reach 2.8 million by 1975. So, they're basically saying, we need to do this, we need to do this now, or it's going to keep getting harder and harder with yeah. more people driving. Sure. So, even though 83% of the populace said they didn't want it, they went forward with it. But how do you, <laughs> how do you change a Wow, l- that must have been popular. Been yeah, no kidding. Pissed off. So think about this, though, Chris. How do you change a lifetime of driving habits for a country that didn't want it in the first place? And more importantly, how do you physically make the switch? Logistically, how do you do that? I don't know. I think that it's, you'd have a big struggle with some of the older folks, some of the forgetful folks. I mean, there had to have been a lot of accidents. Right. But even this, you can't change the roads one by one because that would just be chaos. You'd say, right. oh, do we drive on the right on this one? So the plan was to change the driving direction of every single road in the country on a single day, more (laughs) specifically overnight. All right. So on September 2nd, everyone went to bed, you know, having come home from the office, driving on the left side of the road. And the next morning on the 3rd, they woke up to drive on the right. And they all knew it. They all knew what they had to do, I imagine. They did. So at I wonder, the, how do you spread the word back I'll, then? I'll get to that. That's okay. what's interesting. Okay. So at the stroke of five, after the previously mentioned countdown was broadcast all over radio and television stations, as well as loudspeakers throughout cities and towns, there was an announcement that blared, quote, now is the time to change over. So in a brief but monumental traffic jam, Sweden switched to the right side of the road. When did, what time of day did they do this? 5 a.m. Well, that's, I mean, there couldn't have been that much traffic. No, but they... I mean, there's probably more sheep wandering around than actual cars. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> want to get into it, but there was, um, there was a report that people actually, like, drove down to the town square in downtown to be a part of it. Oh, yeah, it's a I big see event. that. Yeah, I can so, see like, that. So, like, everyone got up super early at 4, went down there so they could all just switch sides and be, like, you know, it's a monumental event. Yeah, I could say see you that. Say you did for, that. For sure. So, yeah, it was a huge traffic jam as everyone trying to get over to the other side of the road. So it was worse than it could have possibly been. Exactly. Maybe 3 a.m. would have been better. Maybe. So, well, the work that preceded all this was massive. So that we'll get into it now. So each local municipality had to deal with issues ranging from repainting road markings to relocating bus stops and traffic lights. Did they do this all overnight? And redesigning intersections, bicycle lanes, one-way streets. 360,000 street signs had to be switched, most of which took place on the night before H-Day. Good God. That's incredible. Council workers were joined by the Swedish military working through the night. Okay. So they're literally like unbolting street signs and moving to the other side and just yep. like mass mass, yep. mass chaos, really. Yeah. So they did also talk about, I wanted to make it a little more dramatic, but they, the, the majority of it did actually happen that night. But what they also did would like place one over there and put like plastic over it. Right. You know what I mean? Like you see new street signs yeah, or so stuff just, yeah and then i'll just like remove all that but the fact that they did a lot of it the majority of it that one night was crazy so during that night all non-essential traffic was banned from the roads any vehicle Except on the, for road, all the people that drove downtown right, just to have a exactly. look <laughs> i know i didn't get that either so any vehicle on the road during that time had to follow special rules all vehicles had to come to a complete stop at 4 50 a.m Okay, so the changeover okay. was at five, then carefully changed the right-hand side of the road and stop again 
to give others time to switch their sides of the road and avoid a head-on collision. And then they were you would proceed at five after the countdown stopped. So you had to sit there for 10 minutes. Yes, exactly. (laughs) One-way streets presented unique problems. Bus stops had to be constructed on the other side of the street. Intersections had to be reshaped to allow traffic to merge from the now opposite side as well. So, like, you're talking, like, construction, you know, projects and everything else. So I'm trying to think about, like, what year was this? 67. Okay, so it's in the 60s. Everybody's got a radio in their car. Right. Right. I think everybody listens to the radio then more than they do now. Right. So everybody had the radio on. So I'm oh, like, yeah. I'm sure the broadcast, like on all wavelengths, on all, it's yep. like the emergency broadcast system, right? Yeah. So they are like, at 450, you must stop, you must do this. Anybody driving would have heard it. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. Exactly. And so I'll I'll get to that in a bit, but let's keep talking about what the work went into it proceeding. So, quote, everyone was talking about it, but we really didn't know how it would work out, explains the 77-year-old Ron Ramkisk, Jan Ramkisk, sure, who was a newly qualified 26-year-old traffic engineer working in the city of Malamo at the time. I worked incredibly hard on the night itself, he remembers. He shared the responsibility for ensuring the 3,000 signs in the city of Malamo in particular were moved correctly to the other side of the road quote the most challenging thing was the shortage of time i almost killed myself said I, was Arthur. I bet that dude was uh sweating his nuts off no that kidding night. so he spent a full year knee deep in logistical planning leading up to that day when researching this there was so many like things i hadn't even thought of that went into this planning for instance in the month leading up to the change they were selling headlamps that would provide low beam upkick to the right instead of the left as opposed to you know, to the other right. side like that, because you would be blinding oncoming traffic then. Right. Because well, I'm thinking like my headlights in my car are just the same on both. They're both the same. The lenses are. Yep. But usually, I think there is still something in the directionality of it where it. I don't no, know. No. Some of them do though have like where the, modern the fluting of the glass is. It. Yes. Okay. Exactly. So it's basically so you don't blind oncoming traffic. But of course, they had to switch that. So. They were selling these headlamps ahead of time, and there was an opaque decal that blocks portion of the lens, and it had a warning on it that said not to be removed before the 3rd of September, 1967. Oh, that'd be cool to see one of those headlights around. I sent you a picture of it, so we'll post that picture up as well. Um, but it wasn't just logistics they were planning in preparation for this H-Day. I'm not going to try to pronounce it. Yeah, we'll just go H-Day. The government also needed to ensure, like you said, that everyone knew about the switch. Quote, the politicians realized that it wasn't enough to have an information program. They needed a propaganda campaign. All right. The ambition was not to reach 99% of everyone, but to reach 100%. And they're right, because in order for the switch to work, every single driver has to conform. Yeah, it only takes one dude driving on the wrong side of the road to kill a family or something. Yeah, can you you imagine some old lady who didn't hear about it and she's just driving down (laughs) on oncoming traffic? Yeah, driving to the grocery store. So the campaign they created included television, radio, as you're talking about, newspaper advertisements, and they would even go to, like, schools and talk about it. Get the kids talking. Yeah. So H-Day had its own logo. They emblazoned it on billboards, buses, milk cartons. How all far had in this. advance did they start doing this? The year before. So it was an entire year of... Yep. Wow. Milk cartons even had... Commem- they even had commemorative underwear... <laughs> For some reason, with this logo, I don't know. That seems like a very odd choice. 
Um, this was interesting too. There was even a song contest to select a, a theme song, I guess, they, to they accompany the switch. They, they did every they single did thing everything. they could think of, which is really funny because this track called "How Dig Till Her Svensson." Uh, it was actually, this was the song that was selected, and it reached number five on the Swedish charts that year. Nice. Yeah. Well, they it was, succeeded. It was a good one. So public service television booked global celebrities. You don't have appear. that song, do you? I don't. I'm ready. I can play. I'm ready with the hold, audio. Hold on. There is a link here. I would. Oh, no. That's that's a link to the um, the actual chart for some reason. Ah, well. So we know we'll what have, number one, we'll two, three, and four pretend, were. Have to pretend what it was that we know. What it was. Um, but anyway, so the television channels all booked global celebrities to appear on popular television shows, so everyone would tune in to see the celebrities, and then they talked to the celebrities about H Day. <laughs> so I wonder if they gave the celebrities the heads up that that's what they were going to be talking about. Would have been really funny. Like, you do you know, know who the celebrities were by any chance? No, but I'm trying to think. Like, you know, like a global celebrity would be like Steve McQueen at the time. Yeah, or Steve something. McQueen goes over there. Like, yeah, so we're doing this thing with H Day. He's like. I want to talk about my movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A popular slogan for the campaign came out, and it was, smile a little in the right-hand traffic. We're all beginners. Oh, boy. Okay. (laughs) That's not good. So as I'm reading about all this, I'm wondering, how much did this cost? Yeah, I was kind of thinking that. So in total, the project cost 628 million kroner, 5% of the government's budget that year. Holy shit. Which is only... Around 316 million U.S. dollars today. That's still, so, I mean, well, economic, they, they were pretty efficient with their with their money, I guess. It's That's, funny you say that. So I looked into this. Economic historian Lars Magnuson argues, that this is the guy we talked about before, that this figure is extremely cheap given the scale of the plan, which was the biggest infrastructure project in Swedish history. Sure. So the reason for this being relatively cheap was twofold. Swedes living up to their reputation for efficiency and planning, which I didn't know that was their reputation. Have you ever been to Ikea? Is <laughs> <laughs> everything's in that little box? And... Good point. Okay. Um, and then the other kind of reason that it got away with it so cheap is just the logistics of the area. The, the road system was not as complex as it was today. Right. You know what yeah, I mean? I, yeah, it was much simpler. I'm, it, it was. So, I mean, we still have a lot of signs to change and everything else, but compared to today, it's probably very simple. Right. Doing this so, now would be probably impossible. Yeah. Yeah. They did talk about it. I left it out and they were like, it'd be so expensive to do today. So, how do you think this all shook out? I think it went very Swedish. I think it was very, I think it was fine. <laughs> I think it probably went fine. And I think they probably had to call, they probably had to call a professional for the help with the assembly, but uh, like I have to do with the Ikea shit sometimes. <laughs> but, I gotcha. Good point. So Peter Kronborg, a Stockholm-based traffic consultant and also the author of a book about H-Day, Haldig Dill Hörgen Svensson, Keep to the Right, Svensson, which was also the name of that hit song, I guess. Keep to the Right, Svensson? Yes. Okay. Uh, so he was 10 years old on the day of the switch and recalls excitedly riding his bicycle on the right-hand side of the road for the first time. And he said he remembers the buzz around global media gathering in the Swedish capital to report on the day's events. Quote, the journalists, especially the guys from the BBC, they were waiting for a bloodbath, a huge number of accidents. They were disappointed. How many deaths were there? Not a single death. None. None. Was there any accidents at all? Uh, yes. There were 157 minor traffic accidents on that day. How many were there normally? That's the question. Is, That's is it- much less 
okay. than on a normal day because everyone's being so cautious on right. this so day. Were, so it had no effect on any kind of accidents or deaths or anything whatsoever. No. So the country still has one of the world's lowest road death road death tolls. So 270 people died in 2016 compared to 1,313 in 1966 before they did this H Day thing. Okay. So yeah, I'm sure the British were like just with their little with their hands on their waist, yeah, just like, being like, "Oh man, yeah, we'll see how this is going to work out." No one died. I wonder if anybody in Parliament was like, "Well, they did it," and that everybody else was like, "Yeah, but they're Swedish. We're British. We're a bunch of <laughs> <laughs> we're a bunch of drunk idiots. How are we ever going to make this happen?" Yeah, can you imagine them trying to do that in like downtown London? Oh and no, everything else? no way. So There's so much higher population density, even in the in at that time. I know. know. I, it would have been way impossible. No kidding. Plus the British people, there's no way they could have pulled that off. But I thought it was funny that, yeah, so the number of people that died in 2016, 270 is still so low yeah. from traffic accidents. And that number... It's more per capita than it is. True. You're right. It's not that big of a country. Right. Or that populated. But the number of deaths may be going down further in the near future. These days... A large portion of the work done by the same Sweden transportation division that did H-Day, now they're planning for a future where far less Swedes get behind the wheel at all. The nation's first self-driving buses launched in Stockholm in January, and officials are looking at what will perhaps be the most major shift in travel since H-Day, the arrival of autonomous cars. Yeah, way to kill the whole story on a negative note. <laughs> such a fun story, and then it just ends on that note. Yeah, well, that's the story of H-Day, or as I called it, the Swedish Switch. All right. Well, I like that. That was awesome. Um, I, I just can't. I would like to have seen it. It would have been interesting. And you understand why people like all went downtown at 5 a.m. just so they can participate well, in it. To be fair, it's also... You've got to think in like the 60s and 70s, there's nothing going on. <laughs> like there's, I mean, you can go to the movie theater at night or you can go out to eat or you can go home and right. read, you can read a book. You know, what else are you going to do? So no, this thing happens and I, everybody can participate and it's, it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. It's, it's stuff like that just doesn't really happen anymore. Is there like a celebration day? Is it like, is H day like a holiday? Do you oh, think? Maybe. I wonder if H day is a holiday. I don't know. That'd be interesting. September 3rd. Anyway, well, we appreciate you guys being here, and we will see you on Monday. Yes, and you'll hear all about our trip out to Road America. So stay tuned, and thanks for tuning in. Take care, guys. Håll dig till höger, annars slutar det Bara med en smäll Håll dig till höger, Svensson Håll dig till höger, annars slutar det Återredig skräll Snälla Svensson Han sliter på sin fritid med en massa vänsterknäck Hus och bil och diskmaskin och pool och annat smäck Han sitter trött på dagen och snarkar Vaknar knappt när chefen sparkar Honom må hans status prylar väck Håll dig till höger Svensson Håll dig till höger Annars slutar det Bara med en smäll Håll dig till höger Svensson Håll dig till höger Annars slutar det 
Åt en ledig skvätt Snälla Svensson Han tittar till på tv När du börjar gå mot val Och hittar inte ut och in I alla fagra tal Han fattar dunkelt Han betalar alla löfterna som skalar Men han somnar in när rösten mal Håll dig till höger Svensson Håll dig till höger Annars slutar du Bara med en smäll Håll dig till höger Svensson Håll dig till höger Annars slutar du Åt en redig skräll Snälla Svensson Snälla Svensson Snälla Svensson Snälla Svensson